3: Welcome to the Horror Hangout Podcast, where pre of film fans watch the best and worst horror movies of all time. My name is Luke Condover with and I'm joined by my regular co-host, Mr... Mr Ben Errington. And also our uh, increasingly regular co-host, Mr...
2: Andy Conduit Turner.
3: Hello, guys. How are we doing?
0: Hello.
2: Good. Very good.
0: Are we all good? Are we all isolating? Oh, completely isolated. Yeah. Completely isolated. Are we all on Lockdown. Yeah, this is, it is weird. As time goes on, do you feel like you're getting more used to it? Or do you feel like it's becoming more bizarre? Mm, I actually had to drive
3: into the office on Friday. Um, and that felt weird. Getting yeah. out of the house. Mm. Like, seeing people. There's still people out and about.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't seem... The thing is, people aren't staying at home enough for it to be completely dead when you go out there. There's more people... They're still Cause people I live out like... about. Quite like a rural
3: area. Uh, there's more people out in the woods now than there is yeah. ever, Yeah. like, when I normally That's go to take the dog and stuff like that. Oh, the best thing it's is,
2: like... it, cause it's, everything is closed, so people who have gone somewhere can't go anywhere to do a thing now, so they're just going to...
3: All those people who just go to the woods and get nude. Can't... You can't just go <laughs> can't nude do anymore.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. exactly. I'm in a weird
3: space
2: where, like, it is nice to see people, and I'm finding um you know... I'm doing more calls on video and and talking to that way. And when I'm out and about, when I see people and I am out with the dogs, if I see someone on the other side of the road, I like wave and say hello and I'm friendly. But then I had to go to Tesco's the other day and, excuse my French guys, those fucking arrows on the floor (laughs) for one way are massive. They're massive one way arrows and stupid dickheads still walk the wrong way. So, Everyone's unnoticed now. I'm going to buy extra cans of beans and stuff as I go around Tesco. Not for panic buying, but so I can throw them at people that go the wrong way down those one-way yeah. aisles. I've
0: never heard not you hard.
3: swear before, I don't think.
0: Oh. I never have. <laughs> that was the first time. That was the first time. I had
2: to Google um the, meaning the swear of it. words, <laughs> the, the meaning of it, and um, I hope I used it appropriately for the absolute... Yeah.
0: Fuck Going into supermarkets are genuinely terrifying experiences now. Like I don't think I'm being paranoid, but I'm just being like, just please. Like before, I always used to think get away from me, but now I feel like I can actually say it. Yeah. Just get away from me. Yeah, two that- meters? Yeah, yeah, I
2: like that I would keep that forever. If people could stay two meters away from me at all times unless yeah. they have a formal invitation, yeah. that'd be yeah. fine. <laughs> I could live with that. You can, imagine, can you imagine how much nicer nightclubs would be now, when you're open again? Okay? <laughs> okay. If things like two, go to a nightclub or oh, just go to the bar. Two metre exclusion zone there.
0: Have a little lean. The only reason I don't like going to bars anymore true. is because
3: someone always spills a drink on me. Every single time.
0: You have got one of those faces
3: That you just want to spill a drink on. That guy looks too dry. <laughs> <laughs> you look very
0: dry. Okay, way too dry. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um,
3: so to, uh, today we're doing a slightly different episode. Uh, we're doing a sort of uh, triple bill of games uh, rather than a single bill of movie. Uh, so uh, I guess, how are we going to do this? So do you want to talk about what we've watched first or some news first? or?
0: Yeah, Straight well, we've go got, got a couple of bits of news, so okay. nothing too intense. But um, films being pushed back, films getting new release dates. So Candyman, the Candyman sequel. Oh. Uh. Andy, Andy. Uh, that's coming out in on September the 25th now. So that was going to come out in June. So uh, a few months extra to wait for that. Do you think September is achievable for cinemas to be open again? Because I saw, I saw like Mulan got pushed back to July and I almost feel like that's not long enough. That's done for long enough, yeah.
2: I think they can just, yeah. especially now a lot, so many cinemas are uh, digital distribution and so on. I guess with the except like... If they, are, if they push back on their print marketing and so on, do you reckon they're just looking for... I guess it's a gamble, right? Because if you're one of the first films that come back into the cinemas and you get it mm-hmm. in nice and early, then you're going to be fairly uncontested. So you'll get a good slot there. But maybe people are just taking a gamble of I'll put a date that's as early as we can get it. We get an open slot and then we can always push back again if they need to.
3: I mean, just mm-hmm. the... Um... The whoever manages like Odeon's calendar, like I don't know how, because surely all these spots are all booked up already. Like people are paid for screening their mm. film for two weeks from then or whatever. I mean, how is this working? I how guess just... like
0: studios. I guess studios are going to just move stuff around. I guess like if it's one studio that. I've got a film booked for September, but then with their film that was supposed to come out in March can, then they're probably moving things around. I think they've just got and like the, the probably...
3: Disney block. They've blocked those weeks for Disney movies so they can switch them oh, around. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
2: It's fairly unprecedented for everyone. Right. But I know the Marvel movies have all sort of, um, they've basically knocked back one. So black widow is now in the slot that we're going to release eternals and then so on and so on and so on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, OK, so the other one is that A Quiet Place, which obviously was going to come out pretty much the week before everything really did hit the fan for the UK and the US, is now been moved back to September the 4th. So that's Labor Day weekend. Don't know if that means we're going to get that on at the same time in, in the UK, maybe. So obviously they don't want to go video, video on demand with this because yeah. it made a lot of money in the cinema, didn't it?
2: I'm, um, I'm suspicious then though when it comes to like these movies that are definitely in the horror wheelhouse is it do you reckon it is based around that labor day weekend and the holidays that exist in the u.s because it it feels kind of strange to have like an autumn film that then you're within spitting distance of halloween do you not yeah do you not push it it's for a little great. bit longer
0: yeah it's all pretty messed up, really, in that <laughs> I don't know what's going on. So the other news, the other news, obviously, which is quite disappointing, is that the Last of Us Part Two has been delayed indefinitely. Which I guess is what? strange because what you'd you think mean? people would be what? buying. What do you mean? What? What? Yeah. How? What? No, what? Do you mean the game? They're just
3: not gonna. It's not work. It's not ready yet. Or
0: so no. Well, apparently, it's for the same reason. This they're gonna. They're in the midst of fix... fixing the final bugs, um, and then. We're they're faced reality that due to logistics beyond our control, we couldn't launch The Last of Us Two to our satisfaction. So it's probably like oh, the they're, probably they're probably well up against it to release it in May. And because yeah. of everything that's been happening, it's affected things in a way. So they've just had to delay it.
2: You may as well though. I think if, if people are expecting things to be delayed now anyway, you know how mm-hmm. things are with games and so on in particular, coming out with massive day one patches and you know having to do like if you given an opportunity really the situation we have globally now is carte blanche to like delay something if you really want to yeah you could yeah. they could yeah there could be those reasons outside their control but equally this could be a good opportunity to say that and they get more dev time on it
3: yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's true
2: and then with a new console um, launch right around the corner exactly that's
0: what I, that's what's really do you just make it a original for the last new one yeah, possibly. The original Last of Us came out right at right the tail end PS3 as well, didn't it? So, so they'll probably do, yeah, release it on PS4, but then there'll be a remaster on PS5, which seems mad to try and think about a new film, a new game being remastered possibly in a couple of years, but. Who knows what the PlayStation Five is going to be able to achieve? Um, yeah, and the only other thing game-related is that I saw there was um, more rumours surfaced involving Resident Evil Eight, which apparently is going to be a first-person game. Uh, probably going to have Ethan as the main anti antagon- uh, sorry protagonist again. Heard random rumours that there's going to be like hallucination and insanity segments, as well as enemies based on mythical creatures, including werewolves. <laughs> there's going to be a snowy village segment uh, Resident Evil. uh yeah i've, uh, I've, Resident heard, I've Resident Evil.
2: heard huge departure that i've I've heard yeah. a massive departure that will really upset some people why, why would you yeah. do something that would have, <laughs> like,
0: the thing is if I'm they've like... only released they've only released one of the games in first person it seems like you know that's a that's a successful successful sort of oh, departure already why not just stick to that and just go right? Okay, well the next two games, Resident Evil and Nine, are also going to be like that. Almost, so you've got like a, yeah. a contained trilogy of them then. Wait, so it, it's going to be go first great.
3: person. The, um,
0: the yeah, mode. well, okay, cool.
3: yeah. yeah, I'm happy about that. I want more of that, more of those kind of games.
2: I'm willing to go with them and see what they've done. I have played through six, and I'm still coming back for them. So you know what, I'll I'll see what they've got for me for eight. I'll I'll uh I'll stick by them.
0: Yeah. I like I like the differences. I like the touches, and I think that they always there's always something in all of the games that I kind of latch onto and enjoy. So, yeah, yeah, looking forward to it. Okay, that's that in terms of news. Unless anybody else has got anything,
3: no, just a few films I've seen. Few, yeah. you? Who wants to go first?
2: You go, for it. Uh, I reckon you're gonna have the biggest yeah, uh,
0: the biggest list. You got some stuff going on.
3: Well, I think Andy, we watched this one. <laughs> Together, sort of, digitally. We watched Tremors. Yes. Um which I mean I think I've talked about it on this podcast before. I've seen it many times now. Um we had like a little Hawk and Cleaver watch party on Facebook. Everyone watched the film and were commenting along as we were watching it. It's um it's the maybe the perfect film for that environment. Just watching it with friends. Um I mean it's it's funny, it's doesn't take itself seriously at all, but it's I also really like the creatures, and I really like the concepts. And, um, you know, Kevin Bacon, you can't go wrong uh, with Mr. Bacon.
0: Yeah. The reason I didn't join you for that is so because I watched it very recently. and I think I've watched it maybe like two or three times in the last few years as well. So. It's yeah, definitely I need to leave it for a while now, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anything else?
3: Well, you go, Andy. You go next. Uh, like literally, the only real watch I've had.
2: I think like we were talking just before we kicked off today. I've watched Tremors in the horror world, but apart from that, I've mostly been playing games when I've had the oh, downtime yeah. Yeah. recently. Or Disney Plus came out over in the UK a couple of weeks ago as well, so I've just had endless binges of like of, of Simpsons. Really, all <laughs> uh, oh, all yeah. oh, 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 just that and Tiger King.
0: Oh Tiger King. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> We discussed Tiger King on last week's episode, didn't we? I've heard yeah. something that there might be like another episode dropping soon, which is kind of like a roundup or what, what everybody's up to now. Well, that'd be good. Yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting. What about you, Ben? Um, yeah, okay. So I watched. This was kind of like a bit of a comfort, comfort film, comfort food scenario. I watched the uh, Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy. Oh yeah, yeah. Because. I realised I hadn't like watched them in a few years, and I hadn't reviewed them on Letterboxd as well. And I kind of that was a big glaring omission. I thought I thought I've got to, got to get my Spider Man reviews in there. And uh, yeah, in terms of horror, because obviously it's Sam Raimi, there's there are a few sequences which are really reminiscent of of The Evil Dead. There's, a, there's one particular sequence in Spider Man Two when Doc Doctor Octopus <laughs> is being yeah, <laughs> Doc Octopus is being um, there's like the surgeons trying to remove the, remove his arms. And basically, it's like that scene, they've just gone, okay, well, basically, we're going to make this, this is like an Evil Dead scene. And there's like, there's like the first person of the arms, and there's like a chainsaw. Yeah. And there's just like some really over the top, ridiculous things. And it is pretty scary as well, actually, people are getting slung around. And yeah, but yeah, great, absolutely great films. I don't actually hate Spider-Man 3. I think it's got a well, lot going for it. I think it gets a bit,
3: <laughs> a bit cheesy, and it's like too a bit yeah. Batman and Robin towards the end. But like, yeah. there's some there's some good stuff in it. It's just there's some
0: cringe fest stuff. It gets a
2: it gets a bad it gets a bad rap. Like if you take the dancing, I love like the dancing in, bit. Like like I love that <laughs> bit because <laughs> the whole point in the is jazz is club. He's meant, yeah, he's meant to be a real piece of shit, and it's meant to be cringy and funny because he's yeah. just but he's very confident. I think my only problem with Spider Man Three is really Venom didn't need to be in it. They mm-hmm. they uh, they they basically rushed it on through, didn't they? And it didn't
3: go well because of it. Uh, yeah. The Sandman you scene, should... you know, he's like rebuilding himself. Yeah. That's uh, good. It's, it's all very Sandman. I think
0: Spider-Man, so I think Spider-Man 1 is is really, really good, really solid. Spider-Man 2 is probably the best superhero movie, I think, simply just for some of the thematic stuff and the fight sequences. I've noticed that the first film's full of puberty ma- metaphors. The second film is full of erectile dysfunction metaphors. <sighs> There's so many times where he just like something doesn't quite work and he's like, What's, that, what's bloody happening to me? Uh, it's know. never it's usually happening. happens. It yeah. never usually happens. Do something
2: sexy, Duck Do something sexy. Stop talking about your ex.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would I would go as far as giving Spider Man two the big five star treatment. Oh. I think it's, it's I think it's near perfect. Uh yeah, and I enjoy Spider Man 3 as well. So that that that's been fun. James Franco as well. Like I think he's an unsung hero of these films because when it when he really needs to, he can dial it up. Like he's he's just like the best friend for like the first film and the second film he's like the sort of douchey uh Oscorp guy who's who's got a chip on his shoulder for Spider Man. So many times that Peter could just have said, I didn't kill your dad. But he doesn't know. Oh, Sound frustrating. He just he just goes,
2: kill him. Well, maybe. And also so the butler could have said something a while ago. Oh, I wasn't going to say anything. But now Do it's you come to this.
0: How Green Goblin killed himself. How wh- where he got impaled.
2: Got a glider in the dick.
0: He got what? a glider directly. He got imp- <laughs> impaled by his glider in the dick.
2: It's not his stomach, it's not his Did chest. He? It's directly into his, <laughs> directly into his dick.
0: Directly into his dick.
2: i honestly that is that's one of the things that Spider-Man 1 does almost contest him because Willem Dafoe is so good as the Green yeah. Goblin. He's yeah. so good. And then um, James Franco does channel a bit of his face in the third one. You know, Reese told, yeah. um, like, "You've got to break up with Mary Jane, otherwise I will um, kill her." And then he's go having a cough with her, he looks at her over the road, like,
0: "Yeah, yeah, yeah." <laughs> oh, that's a good fan Honestly, oh. if you haven't seen them recently, just go back and watch them again because they're a gift that they're gifts that keep on giving.
2: Do you regret that we never got to see? Um, his fourth one with Bruce yeah. Campbell as uh, Mysterio.
0: Yeah, definitely. And and apparently, was it John Malkovich's Vulture, potentially? That would work. I think yeah. I heard that as a rumour yeah. then. Um, yeah, I do regret it because I re- I love everybody involved in these films. And I just love the vibe of them. I love the Danny Elfman soundtrack. I just love the way New York is portrayed. Um, it's amazing.
2: Whenever we get one of these things that didn't play off, like, and I know these things cost money and time to make the same as a uh, thing does, but you know, maybe slightly less millions. I'd love to see a full like graphic novel at very least of what that script would have been like, or, you know, the same of like, you know, the, um, the Tim Burton Superman that never happened. I'd love to see these things yeah. fully fleshed out with visuals as to how they would have been. <clears throat> they did Hell that yeah. with uh,
3: the alien, alien free, like the original oh, script. It's an
2: audio drama now as well, isn't it? It's on. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so maybe Very cool. anything, um,
0: well? yeah, Any, watched, anything um, else anybody has seen
3: I watched a couple of things uh, well I watched a bit more Swamp Thing which is still really good it's it's lost some of the sort of out and out horror moments it's, it's gone a bit more X-Files Monster of the Week sort of style now mm-hmm. but it's still good um, but also I watched um, The Platform on Netflix which a lot of people have been talking about oh yeah have you seen Andy?
2: No, not yet. Um, I will watch it. I've added it to my list, but it's not one I can have on the background because okay. I'm gonna have it
3: with the subs. If you can imagine a film that's maybe the halfway point between Cube and uh Snowpiercer, it's okay. pretty much that. So the, the owner is um a guy, um he signs up for he's gonna get a certificate, he goes in something called the uh, the hole. Yeah, it's like a it's like a certificate it's gonna get help him get a job or something. Um, but no one really knows what the hole is or what happens in there. So he, he goes to sleep and he wakes up and he's on this like bare bones prison cell with one other guy, like an older guy. Um, and there's like a hole in the middle of the middle of the room. And if you, if you look up, you can see hundreds of more platforms above you. There's two people on each one above and two people down below. And I think they wake, he wakes up and he's like on the 39th floor or something like that. And you find out that like, uh, Uh, every day a big tray of food comes down down through the hole and it gives them like two minutes to grab what they want to eat and then goes further down. So there's enough food at the top for everyone, but the people at the top scoff their faces and there's always like less and less food as it gets to the bottom. So the people in the bottom bottom have to resort to like cannibalism and violence and stuff to try and get uh, the food. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it's uh I mean it's um, you know, it's like a metaphor metaphorical thing about uh greed and, and politics and capitalism and everything like that. Uh but I love that kind of thing. Uh it gets a bit weird. Yeah. Like sometimes the metaphor is very heavy handed when it's like it um against the log the story logic within the film, just to kind of hammer home the, the, the political side of it. But it's still still great. Um it's got yeah, it's got some a lot of violence. Lots of cannibalism, lots of gross food. Um, it's <laughs> it's, uh, it's in by it's in Spanish, um, so that might just put some people off. Uh, people have been watching the dubbed version and they've said it's a bit annoying. I just I watch the subtitle version. Of- I watch
2: the subtitles. That's why I've got to wait. I've got to wait until I can sit and not be distracted. Like I know I'm living a I'm living a terrible life, isn't it? But like you know, sometimes there are films that you can watch that you're going to be on your phone at the same time or you're. Yeah. Also do something else, and I'm just looking for a window when I can just sit, and that'll be the only thing I'm doing.
3: Well, so I I, I do have a habit of getting on my phone and stuff, but I didn't really get my phone out at all. This really, really held my held my attention. It's um oh cool. It's yeah, it's fantastic. Really, it's probably a solid five out. I mean, four out of five. It's along that sort of level. Yeah, nice. Very nice. Uh, one anything else? Yeah, one thing I watched is the new Pixar film, Onward. Um.
0: Oh yeah, I watched that too. What did you oh, reckon?
3: A couple of weeks ago.
0: I really liked it. Yeah, it was cool.
3: Yeah, it's good. Yeah. I, I like the world. I saw uh, a Guardian review that said it's like, it's finally Pixar uh, are back. It's the best Pixar film uh, made in 10 years. And I was just thinking, you know that meme, where I can't, I can't remember his name, uh, the guy in Guardians of the Galaxy says, I'm a, am I a joke to you? I just I was thinking yeah. that and the Coco film. Because Coco is oh, yeah. so good. Coco is like maybe one, maybe my favorite Pixar film. Like it's it's better than onward. I reckon both both of these films, onward and Coco, really get you in the feels at the end. Coco more so for me, but um, yeah, it's lovely. Onward I is a really lovely Coco. film.
0: Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, another film I watched this week. This be the last one I say uh, is uh, Ridley Scott film from the eighties with. Michael Douglas called Black Rain. I don't know if you guys have ever seen this. No, I never it heard of it. Is,
3: Maybe.
2: It's
0: like a it's set it's set in Japan. It's like no. a neo noir <laughs> action. It's like yeah. a neo noir action thriller. This film is so good. This is like one of the coolest films that I, that I've seen in a long time. Like like in terms of in terms of film I've never seen before. I, I happened to watch a YouTube video about it and I kinda of thought, okay, I'll watch that. I'll stop watching YouTube video. I'll watch this film and uh, it's really good. Uh, Michael Douglas like a rogue New York cop. There's like yakuza. There's like uh, a, like a love story. There's a Hans Zimmer score, which isn't like orchestral. It's like just a cl- really classic eighties score, symphy stuff. Uh, really, really great film. Yeah, the way Japan is kind of is is shown as well is like is really cool. It does feel a bit Blade runnery in places. Obviously, it's after that film. But yeah, if you've never seen it before, which you guys said you haven't. Speaking, uh, speaking about you... um,
3: uh, games and Blade Runner, did you see that Hideo Kojima game? It's like a massive Blade Runner ripoff. Some it's before Mel Solid, I believe. Uh, police Knots? No, let me have a. Okay, oh,
2: um, like oh, it's like Snatcher or something. Snatcher,
3: uh, yeah, I think Snatcher. That's it. Oh, maybe it's not. Can you hear a Snatcher? Yeah, no, it is. Yeah, so Snatcher. it's a huge uh, ripoff. Apparently, oh, okay. it's a great game to play though. Apparently, it's, it's
0: really fun. Okay, so it's like a Genesis game, like a what is it, sixteen bit, eight 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 bit? Uh, oh, yeah, this is like a
3: Sega Saturn, um, Saturn, PlayStation, apparently. I'm sure you can get it. It looks super
0: in... super violent as well.
3: Yeah, I need to play this. Very cool. Yeah, there we
0: go. Anything else anyone wanted to talk about before we go into the meat of no. today's episode? Oh, good. No, All good. no <laughs> thank <Okay>. you. <laughs> <All> good. <clears throat> Cool. So we're going to talk about horror in video games. Uh, I've had a few recent releases but also a game that we all played fairly recently as well. I guess, before we get into it, what like, what started everyone's love affair with horror in video games? What was the first thing you played?
3: I don't think I had a love affair with it for a long time. I was terrified of horror games for the most part of my life.
0: <laughs> there we go. Um,
3: it's only recently. I remember there was an alien game for uh, the Amiga or the Mega Drive. Uh, it's like a platformer you play it's it's got to be alien free cuz Ripley yeah. had a sh- head shaved do you remember alien that game alien free yeah okay. it's alien free so me and my friends used to i mean we would have been very young 6 or 7 we used to uh get infected or die like The alien gets you and then there's like a countdown like a continue menu
2: like a timer <laughs> yeah. yeah and
3: she's like against the wall <clears throat> I um that. and there's it counts down for 10 seconds and then if you don't continue the alien chest burst that comes out we used to Put that on over and over and over again and jump and scream as the chest bursts <laughs> <laughs> like repeatedly, <laughs> yeah. And then my friend, my cousin Dan would play, bring Resi one around. Um, and I pretend I was watching him play, but <laughs> I wasn't watching it, I was just terrified. I just don't know why looking at the
0: bad. floor, <laughs> looking at the floor. What's going on here? How many, what kind of shag is this? I'm, I'm stood on, really lovely. I
3: just found him so so terrifying. I think it was own, I mean I had a friend once who bought me Dead Space because he knew I like horror stuff. I didn't play that. And I felt really bad about it because I played like the first bit um and then it's like a what not as an but what do they call those things in Dead Space? Necromorphs. Necromorph. Necromorphs. Necromorphs. Yeah. It it runs it chases you out of this first hallway and I had to pause it and go, "Yep, yeah, I'm not playing, I can't play this." So it took me a long time to get to the point where I could play horror games. I'm trying to think what the first I mean there was a few here and there. I think Silent Hill four, I managed to stomach and get through. The room? Yeah. Yeah.
0: That
3: was yeah. good. But yeah. It was only recently. Like, Go on.
0: I think I play played a few games like on the Mega Drive which had like horror elements, but I think the first time I got into it was with Resi One, which I got for my birthday, I think, and I just absolutely loved it. But I couldn't play it without somebody else in the room. Somebody else had to sit like with me while I played it. Yeah. Um Alien Trilogy on PS One as well was one of them, yes. which was pretty damn terrifying uh obviously like the original doom and stuff i remember having that on pc and yeah being pretty scared of that uh same with you andy was that kind of where you started
2: um for me i think resident evil the original on the playstation was definitely a big milestone doom i remember having the shareware version on you know three and a half inch floppy disc that you just got the first (laughs) chapter on um but i think and i'll have to check this is all within the same rough period of time when these things all started i think the one of the first and strongest games that i recognized as horror because doom was one of those things they were monsters but i didn't necessarily think of it as a scary thing because i was a kid playing it so i put cheats on and then you know they were you know i wasn't playing it properly necessarily but the thing I first remember really picking up as a horror game, maybe even pre-Resident Evil, certainly because it's pre-PlayStation, was my cousin had Night Trap um, on, on the oh, Mega okay. CD. I didn't have a Mega CD, okay. but I played it around. You can get it on the Switch now. Um, yeah, it's the one that's the full motion video. It was Night Trap. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> Night Trap and Mortal Kombat was what made the the rating system official for, you know, the BBFC officially for, for games came in. Yeah. And it was one of these things that were up in court hearings about them being terrible. If you look back at it now, it is schlocky as you like, and it isn't. And like you, Leek, I remember watching it around at my cousin's house. And there's a bit with one of the. It's they're like men in bin bags, but they're like vampires. <laughs> yeah.
3: Um. But <laughs> there's one.
2: <laughs> there's one. There's one in the shower. Um, hiding in the shower cubicle, and it comes out and and gets this um and gets this girl who's gone into the bathroom. And I think he, like, attacks her with what looks like a litter picker that a park park keeper might have, you know, for picking up rubbish without having to bend down. Yeah. And I've watched it back recently. And it is, compared to, like, you know, everything we see now in movies and everything, it is nothing. You can have this on a children's television programme now because a woman walks into a bathroom fairly much fully clothed and then is pinched by uh by a bin <laughs> bag man um i think i think now you'd consider that mild peril but at the time i remember i went back to my cousin's house and i was like oh that was scary i had to look away <laughs> and um, yeah. but then there's like a fascination with it and then resident evil came out i got it with my playstation i think when i got one and um and we got on from there, really. I remember having like people around and sort of co-op playing it. That was like the thing with horror games.
3: I feel like you guys have been more you have to let me know. Are you more hardened to the like game scares? Like uh when you play like Resident Evil Seven. I've... when I played I that know. recently, I found I had to really sort of I had so myself a timer. I was like, I've got to play for twenty five but I have to push forward for twenty five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I don't if I'm that... hardened to it because even playing Resident Evil Three, which I which I played and finished just a few days ago, I was sweating and I'd like proper felt like my my heart racing and I was like stressed yeah. by yeah. it. And I think I still enjoy that, and that's why I keep going back to horror games because I still do enjoy that stress of playing something, that urgency of yeah. like right now, let's get somewhere safe, let's get to the next bit. Okay, well, there's a quiet bit here where I've got to find some items and I don't really have to worry about fighting any monsters. And now it kind that... of happened with like I played. You Hang on. Well,
3: I was gonna say now that. I understand that, like drug now, like now I'm a bit older, and I'm starting to play them. That because not many games make you feel <laughs> quite like that. Like there is a thrill to it. Uh, it's mm. fun, yeah. It's, it's really good.
0: And I think it's the same reason why people enjoy horror movies. You know, is that is that thrill that that thrill of just being terrified and just. And I think there's something about a jump scare in a game which kind of just feels more inclusive. Like a jump scare in a film, sometimes I feel like the film's trying to make me feel scared, but I feel really included in the jump scares for games yeah. and yeah so i have played resident resident evil i've really enjoyed stuff like silent hill played some other um horror games from like the playstation 1 and 2 era like uh, parasite eve haunting ground um haunting ground clock tower haunting ground clock do you remember haunting ground?
2: haunting ground and clock tower as well clock tower 3 on the playstation 2 has some great voice work in it <laughs> when i say great i mean yeah. awful but it's great
0: uh, ha- <laughs> haunting ground I, I i just borrowed that off somebody but now haunting ground on ps2 is like going for like 100, 100 quid i used to have a copy of
2: that sold it for significantly oh. less than 100 quid <laughs>
0: <laughs> and also like dino crisis which obviously was like a oh, resident yeah. evil yeah. clone in a way yeah um but yeah i've really enjoyed things throughout you know the playstation 3 era so stuff like the dead space trilogy uh, all the way up to like alien isolation on ps4 and newer stuff like Outlast and Amnesia. Now, that
2: was one that really got me the tension as well. I think with video games in general, then I, I understand that feeling that you get. And I guess more so than a movie, you can get more invested into it. It's not a different it's not say so that one is better than the other, but like I think with a video game, especially one where there is a fail state. So more so than a walking simulator where, you know, you're on a on a track and there's things are gonna come out and make you jump like in a movie with a game like a resident evil there is that intensity to it like you know you know you can separate it in your logical mind you know that if you get got in this game you sat on the sofa are going to be fine but there is that investment that you're in control of what's happening with this character and you have the tension of in a resident evil game those dwindling resources and have you got enough to get you through the next encounter or you've got a alien isolation oh shit if they see me with this this is um this oh, is man. me done for
0: yeah. alien isolation just that felt so tough i really struggled with that finishing it because i just felt so genuinely terrified and i just felt like it was on the on the er, on the precipice of being unfair and yeah. i think when, the closer and closer it gets to being unfair it's almost like the more i enjoy it the more i'm like i i, I want to feel i don't want to <laughs> feel like this like with the Doom games, especially the new Doom games, you're pretty much unstoppable, you know? I mean, the the difficulty gets to a certain point in, in the game and you feel like you can get through it, but you, you're pretty much unstoppable. Whereas with characters, you know, like Jill Valentine and other people, they feel very human. And yeah. you're, only one, you're only one green herb away from getting got, you know? Yeah. And that's why, in the, especially in the new game, I was saving it pretty much every, every turn. Every
2: typewriter.
0: <laughs> every single typewriter.
2: Yeah. With alien isolation so and things like that, like I, I'm I'm like you. I think as a combination, I was like rationing it because I found it so stressful to play. So I was doing like it's broken into chapters. That game wasn't it? So it was like right. I did a chapter, and even if there was ample game time left, I was like, like go catch <laughs> some Pokemon or do something nice for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until I got to like the very end, when I got to like the last maybe three or four chapters, I was like. I just have to sprint this now, and yeah. I just, I just had to go for it and finish it, like just walking through, screaming. But um...
3: <laughs> I, you make—I really want to play this. I've, I've never played any nice. Oh, life, but... I, I played a hacky better. VR version of it, but we only got to the uh, the first part of the xenomorph bit. Um, and I was getting it because it was like a sort of hacked VR thing. Um, it didn't—I got really motion sick really quick because it didn't feel like oh, it was good. built for that. Every time you mm. press forward, it feels that same feeling when you know you're balancing on a chair and the chair slips back. Yeah. I was getting <laughs> that exact oh, yeah. same feeling.
2: Ooh. Yeah. I guess the only thing I have touched on in terms of horror game in history, did you guys ever do much in the world of point like point and click stuff? Am I showing my age now? With stuff like Gabriel Knight and Phantasmagoria and stuff like that?
3: No, I want to. There's like a few games like Day of the Tentacle and um, uh, some of these big puzzle adventure games that have Meant to be great, I've never played.
1: Hmm.
2: I'm not sure how all of them hold up these days. I know all of them fairly frequently appear on Steam. Gabriel Knight was a big one, probably even earlier than my like night trap memories, because they are Broken Sword. Very, is very old. Um yeah, Broken Sword I never really Sword, got into. I'm not sure how much that's leading to horror and how much that's like history and mystery. Then yeah. you know a bit more yeah. about that. No, that's
0: that's not very his- it's not very horror at all, but you know, there's some really good Really good stuff in that. Point and click. Did anyone play alone in the dark, like the point and click? No, Is there a point no. and click alone in the dark? I mean, that, that was, was like an early
2: sort of Resident Evil-ish. Yeah, kind of it was level, almost wasn't it? supposed to be
3: like one of the, the uh, okay. survival horror. There's that one, that, and then uh Resident Evil one came after that, like not long after that, right? It was reasonably yeah, soon yeah.
2: between them. Yeah,
3: it up. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Okay. So the first game I think we want to talk about, we're we going with ready Three or could we Start. <coughs> yeah, so... just, the, the
2: current, recent Resident Evils, because this is a huge series, right? Okay, we could have, right. yeah, we could have an entire series on that. But Luke, you just finished two recently, right? Yeah. The
3: remake. Bear in mind, I've never played the originals, so this to me is like a. Oh wow. It's an entry point for me, but for those games, um, I'm gonna get ready Three, but I'm not not go around to it yet.
0: Yeah. There's loads of fan service in the remakes. They've taken so much care and attention with certain characters that maybe were minor in the PlayStation versions and they've included them in these remakes as well. So I think they've done really well at creating it. They've kind of like towed the line a little bit between... um, It's still a survival horror game, but there's still... The action elements are still there, but it doesn't feel like as bad I guess as is, is, is Resident Evil 6. It feels classic.
2: Yeah, I think yeah. it's got they they have really struck a nice balance it and they've done what they can. There are still elements of the cheesy B movie horror like lineage of original Resident Evil. You know, it's very like Romero movie. Like the originals were so heavily influenced by the, you know, by his movies so and, and the dialogue in the first one in particular is what it was such an attraction to the series really but they've done <laughs> in these remakes of two and three there are touches to it and there are little nods to that type of thing but it's not purely in that they have done a really nice job of, of like punching up the dialogue and making it quite modern mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which way round did you guys play it first? Like with
3: Resident Evil Two Remake, did you start with Leon or Claire? Uh, Leon, I've still not done Claire. I've,
0: I've got that to go through yeah. as well. Yeah. I, so, I, I started with Leon. So it's weird. In, in Resident Evil One, so this is obviously back in the day. I always used to do Jill originally because you started with a gun, and then I used to go and complete it again as Chris. Second one, I did it. I did Leon and then Claire, um, and I've never really deviated from that you know every time i sort of go and play it again for the first time in a while i always kind of start the same way and i did that with the remake as well Um, obviously it
3: felt like leon it felt like it was leaning that leon was the main character to me but i don't know if that's true
2: i think in the in the playstation one original i think i was very guided by which order the discs were in when you opened them because on back then there, there was just two discs and you open the box and there was a Leon disc and there was a Claire disc and the Leon one was on the left. So that's where I started. Um, and I think, did you play as Leon in the demo? Cause I remember I had a demo disc of that, that I ran through hundreds yeah. upon hundreds of times as well. Mm,
3: demo discs. You missed those things. <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: Yeah. But, um,
2: yeah. I think the, oh. the two remake was such a triumph and the, I think they, and hopefully the you know in the world of remakes, different company and all that they'll they'll manage to pull off similar with the Final Fantasy VII remake that's coming off now as well. I yeah. felt that it felt familiar enough that as someone who had really been into Resident Evil 2, I could recognize those beats and I could recognize the things that I had that nostalgia for and I saw them again and I enjoyed them but there was enough different that I didn't feel oh, I've seen this, I've done this I've mm. You know I,
0: yeah
2: I, why am I, why there, am I bothering with this? there hmm.
0: are parts that have been excluded, especially in the third game there are there are some areas that have been excluded, but I don't I wouldn't say it's to the game's detriment o- overall. I felt like two felt like there was of the ability to explore a bit more with three, I felt like it was a little bit linear. I felt like you know there were certain areas which were a, bit, a little bit more open, but once you were through that area, there wasn't the opportunity to really go back. So yeah, that it that it almost felt like that, and obviously with two and three, it was very much driven by the unstoppable forces constantly chasing after you, which kind of urges you on. Was it, a big it thing in the original version to... of two? Now,
2: now not on the original two, version of two,
0: was it? No. Okay. Yeah,
2: in number two, Mister Mister X only turns up. Why do you in get the name Mister X? Scenario. I'm not sure if it's ever official because he is just a tyrant prototype, isn't he? Is like. It's like T-001, but he yeah. became known as Mr. X when he was in the PlayStation version. Um, I guess, you know, his
0: it interesting... In scenario, it was in Scenario B, though, wasn't it? it yeah, wasn't the first that was scenario right. In so
2: it only turned up in Scenario B as like an extra-like tweak, because the the B scenario is yeah. very similar to the A scenario, but it's... And then he was just there as an extra dimension to the story, really, wasn't he? But it would only be scripted moments. Yeah. So he would come in at a scripted moment. And then if you were to walk into a corridor where he'd appear,
0: mm-hmm.
2: I'm pretty sure that you could walk out and back in again and he would have gone. And be gone.
0: And obviously they liked yeah. that element of it enough that they basically built a whole game over around that. That was one oh, of my like, favorite like, things pursuer.
3: for the remake that <laughs> I played.
0: But there's those bits where
3: you'd hear him. I mean, it's just fun. Like it added a whole element of fun when he's chasing you around. Um, but there were bits where you'd hear him. You know, in the in the main hallway in the police station, you'd hear him. I, yeah. I could, was convinced he was around me, but then I looked over the edge. Of the, I was on the top floor, I looked over yeah. the balcony, and he was down on the like the ground level, just yeah. around down there. So it's um,
0: <laughs> around, you can hear his big up big old boots, his big hoops. old Dr. Martin yeah. shoot, shoot his shooting <laughs> <laughs> around. Yeah,
3: he um yeah, great great addition to the game. I I, yeah. I thought it was he was more key to the original but uh, maybe not. Yeah.
2: Well, I think obviously... he's definitely
3: thematically he he was something that really stuck with people, but yeah, in terms of
2: in terms of story-wise he he mm-hmm. has an element into the story, but he's not as essential as he becomes in in this version. Sorry, Ben, you're going to say something.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was just saying obviously with Resident Evil 3, Nemesis is a more of a key element and I guess more of a challenge as well because he's armed so <laughs> so, in the arm. fir- so, in, so he's got a very long arm uh, he has got te- he's got tentacles as well so he can grab you from a distance so if in Resident Evil 2 you were you were pretty good at avoiding mr. X you know because it's only when he gets close that he gives you the old knuckle sucker but with <laughs> with nemesis he's got like a tentacle so he can get you from afar but he's also armed there are two different weapons you come up against um, a flamethrower and a rocket launcher so obviously we had a rocket launcher in the original but the flamethrower is brand new this, um... yeah, so that's and an extra an extra challenge really to get so getting away from him
3: it seemed to me like resident evil 2 was trying to not be actiony uh in the sense mm. that like it felt it's trying to go for more of the creepiness uh the scariness and the sort of you have a some bare bones guns and stuff but then resident evil 3 from what i've seen um mm. there's there's a zombie with a rocket launcher, for example.
0: Yeah, I mean, there are those creepy elements, but once, you know, it's not the entire game. There are a few creepy elements that are, like, sort of standalone or, or closed or little areas that relate to certain missions that you mm-hmm. need to go into. But apart from that, when you're in the city streets, it's very much just, like, balls to the wall. Run, run as fast as you can. Get away from the Nemesis, and then, you know, as the game progresses, as the game snowballs, the Nemesis gets more and more aggressive as he mutates yeah okay yeah
1: i think
2: that's what i found in the and i'm gonna harken back to the originals here a little bit as well it felt like if you look at the resident evil 2 original um mr x was a um you know it was an incidental thing like another enemy that would sometimes turn up whereas the nemesis felt like actually an antagonist of the game because it was very skillful at putting him in in a couple of particular scenarios and this one doesn't appear to be in the remake where you were given a choice on screen with a prompt of what you were going to do do you want to do one thing or another one would lead you into an encounter the other one would um, and it wasn't given it's like do you want to Mm. you know do this trick or do that it would be do you want to hide in this place or that one i think one of the things i remember is do you want to run down the alley or hide in the kitchen if you hide yeah. in the oh. kitchen you're given the chance to like set up a gas explosion <laughs> and knock him out and get some items from him
0: but I then think no matter no matter what happens you know the the, the story end moves goal, the, same. It, the story moves in the same way yeah so mm-hmm. it might be like a slight little branch off into a different into different scenario but most for most for the most part it is the same game but how do you yeah, feel you don't get any how do you feel,
3: feel overall with them are you sort of um it's, it's one, you prefer one over the other. Are you happy with both of them so far? Are you
0: very, being, being very fans different. of the
3: original? I mean,
0: <clears throat> I think I'm happy with them both. I think they're really, really good remakes, uh, or reimaginings, I guess you'd call them rather than remakes because they're not yeah. beat for beat exactly the same as your originals. So, great reimaginings. Um, a lot of people said they're quite short, but I guess they're quite traditional in terms of Resident Evil games as being campaigns anywhere between three and six hours i say the campaigns usually for a resident evil game obviously resident yeah. evil 7 was a bit resident evil 7 was a bit longer um quite a bit longer actually i think wasn't it so yeah i think they're yeah, great yeah. great reimaginings definitely i'm i'm yeah. really sort of happy with i think it's got. hard
2: it's hard to separate the two i'm not quite finished with the nemesis remake just yet i've got a little bit further to go um but yeah, like Ben says, they can be fairly short experiences, but these games are, in a way, they are designed for you to play them again and again and for you to get better at them. I think there's an inherent challenge. And if that's the type of thing you like, the way that you change your play style as you, as you get more familiar with it, I think your first playthrough is usually a very methodical saving your resources, not knowing what's coming up later. Oh, got some magnum ammo that you hoard away and then never use. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then you play it later and you'll see there's a trophy or an achievement for finish this in less than three hours, or I'll unlock an unlimited weapon if I do it that fast, or will I try for those extra challenges that they built in, like trying not to open the item box or trying not to use any healing items. Mm-hmm. And it becomes less of it, like your first experience is that experience and the story and the horror of it. And then if you're invested in the series after that, after you've completed it once and experienced the horror, then it becomes a game that you start to mess with the mechanics on and you start to unlock <laughs> more stuff and you start to enjoy it as a, I guess, as a mechanical experience as to going through and seeing how many things you can, how you can kill. I remember playing the originals and like seeing if I could kill every enemy um,
0: I do yeah. kind of want to play it again, but at the same time, there are certain sections. There's a particular section in Resident Evil 3 in a hospital, which stressed me out. <laughs> it was just, it was genuinely really, really creepy. Uh, so yeah, yeah. The, like the yeah. horror elements of, of it were really present in that. There's a couple of new enemies as well in Resident Evil 3, which weren't in Resident Evil 2 and maybe were in Resident Evil Nemesis in a way, but they've kind of been updated and and a couple of, and a, one or two brand new enemies. So, yeah, it does keep you guessing. It keeps you kind of always on the back foot. Okay.
3: I'm excited to play. I think I'm kind of tempted to go back and do... Because there's a really good remake of uh, Number 1 as well. With, like, yeah. the, the painted yeah. backgrounds and whatever. That
2: still really holds up. Like, the rest... I, oh, yeah. As in preparation for 2 coming out, uh, the remake last year... was it, two years ago? Now time is slipping through our fingers. It,
0: it was last year. It, it was last, last year. year, Thank, yeah, thank God.
2: <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> Um, in preparation for that, I, I ran through the entire series. So I did Zero, which I would... Oh, it's That's the
0: whole thing as well. Zero is great, yeah.
2: Zero is yeah. great. That that deserves a remake and more attention because it is brilliant. And I imagine it's one that the, the, the smallest number of people played because it's only on the GameCube until it came out on these current consoles. Zero is great. The remake of One is fantastic. Two and now Nemesis are great as well. And then I did Four... Five, which I secretly still, not secretly, I'm about to admit it, on a podcast, I love. Um, yeah. Six was a lot of hard work. And then seven, yeah, I need, hey. to, yeah, seven I still need to finish. I got most of the way through it and then I got sidetracked. So I need See, to I, go back and do the
3: engine. I don't know if it's because I don't have the, the uh, reverence growing up, on oh, the nostalgia playing up playing Resident Evil growing up, but um, seven, I, seven kind of blew me away. <laughs> Like I really, oh, really got into it at seven. Um,
0: the but... fact that this that this game series has managed to like reinvent itself as many times as it has, and obviously one of the questions we had in in the group was from Dan Butcher when he said, "Where did the Resident Evil games go wrong and how did they course correct?" I don't think they ever went. Really, really, terribly, terribly wrong, so that they could never come back from it. I think Resident Evil Five was where it went. Right now, we're an action game. You know, there's still horror elements, but Uh we're pretty much an action game. And Resident Evil Six obviously lent into that even more. But just everything from the lore of Resident Evil is still present. I feel like almost I I can still enjoy it for for what it is. And think about how huge a departure Resident Evil Four was for the series. And a lot of people think that's the best game in. In the series, best game in the franchise, and the fact but, that it's done I think that, that was the first
3: Resident and, Evil that I played, and yeah. yeah, that was good. It was a good one, but it wasn't. Yeah. A, it was scary it is, game. The
0: fact that it's done that, and then it's reinvented itself again for seven, and then it's almost like half reinvented itself for the remakes as well. Like it's just one of those. It's basically like the Madonna of, uh, <laughs> of horror yeah. movie games. It's reinvented itself. What yeah. a yeah. time! Who's coming out now? Yeah. yeah, that's
2: that's true. Ben, i I'd, I'd agree that like it's if you expected it to stay the same and then you know if you are someone of very particular tastes it could go wrong for you at a point and then it could be something you don't enjoy anymore or this is the one that you didn't enjoy so much but with any resident evil i think if you were disappointed in one you could go to another one and it would be something that would be yeah. back for you and it's not to say that it's better or worse unless it's resident evil 6 which is it has some mechanic i think resident evil 6 for me anyway is was a problem because i think it was very heavily designed by um by focus group and by by board members who thought that's what people are interested in that's what people mm-hmm. want although and don't quote me on this i think it's one that probably has some of the highest sale numbers of the series i think it's sold
3: incredibly well Interesting. Um, yeah. It's well, that we could have had all of the main dudes together, right? I've not played it, so I don't know. Yeah, very um, much.
0: There's Leon, there's Chris, uh, there's like Wesker's Bertie son, Wesker's son. Yeah. Um, uh, Sherry Sherry Birkin as well. Hmm. Um yeah, so I think if you enjoyed the games with the fixed camera angles, there's loads to play. You know, there's four or five entrance and en- entries to play. If you enjoyed over-the-shoulder stuff, there's loads. You know, there's three main entries and the Revel- Revelations games as well. And if you enjoy the first person stuff, then obviously that's what where the future of it seems to be going with the next with Resident Evil Eight and beyond.
2: Revelations Two in particular is fantastic. Mm. Uh, have you played that, Ben?
0: Yeah, I've played yeah. both the Revelations games. Yeah, I enjoyed uh, a bit of Barry
2: Bazaar in there. Bit of Bazza, get yeah. big bad um, in there. 100%. Um, I guess a couple of um, questions then. So, do either of you guys have a favorite, like? I give you, I give you an option: either moment, sort of set piece from Resident Evil, or monster. Uh, your favourite of the ones you've played so far. Uh,
3: well, so I say, okay, I've not played as many, so I don't sort of have as big, a large catalogue to choose from. But and I've already said I love seven. I think I love seven because I love the tone and the atmosphere, and I love that it's like a family of like strange uh, people who don't seem to die um i love that that concept and that idea um and i think favorite moment for me might just be that first hour <laughs> i mean it's, it's a long moment the first hour of resident evil 7 when you're getting into the house and you're sort of uh walking around you're watching the found footage tapes it's got yeah. a bit of that element to it um and then you first you get knocked out you get your arm chopped off you have to shoot your girlfriend dead Um and then the guy um I can't remember his name that the dad knocks you out and you wake up and you're sort of tied to the chair yeah and then he's sort of stalking like stalking around the house looking for you bursting through walls it's It's just an amazing an amazing first hour of that game it's all it's all good but that first hour I think is like you know Chef's
0: kiss I think it's so good I think like iconic iconic wise in terms of like the most iconic scare in Resident Evil still holds up and is still one of the most iconic scares for me because I remember how I felt at the time. So it's nineteen ninety six. I was like what, ten years old and it's a Cerberus dog leaping through the window. What else felt like a really calm, nice room where you're looking for a key. And then when the Cerberus dogs leap through the window, it is one of the most is that, jump out one? Of your skin is that the moments. In the yeah. in the original game, okay. yeah. 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 Um so I like that moment, but I also enjoyed in the Resident Evil One remake for the GameCube uh, the introduction of a character called Lisa Trevor, um, who yeah. had a really interesting story. And you kind of find all these various notebooks and things that kind of piece together a story. But the few in, the few encounters you have with her are genuinely like really, really quite creepy. And she's not like one of those, um, I mean, she's super strong, but she's not like a big, she's not, like a big lumbering. Do you know, do you know Lisa Trevor Luke from no, those no. games? She's kind scary. of like obviously been experimented on, but she's got like faces sewn onto her body and uh yeah okay it's really it's really creepy you find like this this cabin where she's living just on out just outside the the mansion house and then later on you you fight her like in a sort of underground area it's scary stuff man and also the great white sharks the fact that you get zombified great white sharks is amazing (laughs) (laughs) or some form of shark isn't it
2: what about you andy Oh, it's, it's so hard. I thought I had this pinned down, but then here in your examples as well, there, there are so many great moments. The things that really spring out to me were there's a great bit in Resident Evil 2, the original version of it, where you're in the police station and there is a two-way, you know, one of those one-way mirrors um, and you run through that room so many times and you think every time something's going to come through there and it's the time that you're not expecting it that then a liquor comes like, plowing through that thing and again yeah. I, I was a resident evil game in then and it still got a reaction out of me another thing that springs to mind is the the resident evil one the the remake um it's just twisted ever so slightly so even as someone who is now several resident evil games in and you think you know it and it's a remake of one you already know the introduction of those crimson head zombies oh, into no. resident evil I Resident Evil a, a brilliant and it's another okay. element of resources management as well where you're thinking okay the only way to get like basically if you haven't encountered this Luke and it's not a secret it's again that's the remakes what 20 years old now but um there there are zombies that you you down but they all stay unless you've shot the head off then they will stay dead for a while and then at some point they will come back to life as a crimson head which is like the zombies except they sprint and punch you in the face <laughs> um so okay, they're, 20 they're, days later they're punch- yeah, they're, okay, they're, yeah. They're, they're like those 28 day later style yeah. zombies right so you can get rid of them either by destroying their heads which means you had to have got lucky with a headshot or shotgun them or if you use your lighter and petrol you can you can burn them up but you've got a limited resources of that petrol. So you have to really decide, is this a corridor I'm going to keep coming through? And unlike your Resident Evil, I'd say more so than any film, the, the original is, the mansion is such like a labyrinth and you are going to be in very familiar areas quite a bit, going back mm-hmm. and doing lots of backtracking. So making those decisions and when you have to fight one, it is deeply, deeply unpleasant. And I think that was a real, a real horror moment.
0: In Resident Evil two and three, the remakes as well, you can kind of you, increase your inventory as you go through. But I'm pretty sure with the Resident Evil one remake, you're, you've only got a limited amount of re- of, of inventory slots, and you can yeah. increase them, right?
2: Yeah, Chris so has yeah. six. Jill has eight, I think.
0: Yeah, so you're carrying around this little canteen with like and Jill has a gun. his bodies up. Why would why well, she, would you be? She, she starts with a gun. I think with Chris, you start with a knife, but you you can you get though, a gun pretty quick. You get yeah. a gun pretty quick. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I just remembered another moment from Resident Evil Two, where you go to open a door, and with the the door animation, this is from the original, the not, the 998 version, with the door animation, which opens suddenly, zombies appear coming towards you, like in one of the later areas. And that's another, just uh, another moment where they go, right, okay, you know what's going to happen in this moment. You've experienced, you've experienced this moment a hundred times. You're probably not even paying attention, but we're just going to throw a little spanner in the works. And see, if, see how you deal with it. Well, the so, zombies come uh, into, what, the, animation, the, the, come into yeah. the animation. They come into the
2: animation, they back you into the area that you were trying yeah. to exit. Uh, There's so, oh, cool. like yeah, yeah. you know? there so many moments like that, you know.
0: There's so many moments like that where it just goes, it doesn't let you... This is a game series that never really lets you get comfortable yeah. at any point.
2: Yeah. I have a feeling, having talked about this and get all excited about these old and new games alike... It's going to be a real struggle for us to decide which titles we're going to talk about on a follow up to this, because now there are so many more series and more games I want to get in on. But yeah, fantastic series. and I think really, with regards horror gaming in general, there may have been things that came before, but it really is the mainstay. And you can see elements of Resident Evil in what comes next, because Devil May Cry it probably isn't even horror, like it's a gothic action shooter, really, isn't it? But it was originally a concept for Resident Evil Four, I think, and it became Devil May Cry. Yeah. All right. So yeah, like, and there are there are so much, there's so much DNA that you see from everywhere else. It goes into you know, there are there's inspirations in Resident Evil that became Silent Hill, just with a different aesthetic, which then became The Evil Within, which became. Dino Crisis, which became so many other things that are great games in their own right, but a lot of games that we enjoy now owe a lot to what Resident Evil started and what they continue to pioneer with what they're doing with things like Seven and in the future. I was going
3: to ask eight. about Seven. Was Seven <coughs> did Seven come out after Outlast? Was Outlast one of the first of that kind of? let will um, take a look for you. Because Outlast again is. Um, a game Resident I immensely enjoyed came
0: out after after PT as well, and I think a lot of people thought it kind of was borrowing from that. But I think it was maybe already in production around about the time that PT came out.
3: But like a lot of indie games do that first person, like you know the, the small yeah. horror experience in first person. It, it's really effective. It's very effective. Um, yeah. Okay. I mean, we could probably talk about Resident, Resident Evil for Resident like e- yeah forever. Uh, did yeah. you want to sort of should we move on to our next franchise, or should we do two? And then come leave something for later on, or how did you want to do it? Because
2: I think if we if we if we go through Doom, which was going to be a second one, it's there's not as much for us to go through, okay. right? Because I think it's story wise and story beats wise, there's not much to do it. Um, just okay. to tell you, Luke, um, Outlast came out several years before Resident Evil Seven.
3: I do I do wonder if they were like, this is very terrifying. I want to we want some of that in in our game. Uh, yeah. Is. It makes sense. I don't
0: think it's ever, been, it's, it's ever been word about borrowing from different franchises and seeing what makes things I mean, work. It's like the Steve Jobs that horror games. Like, <laughs> just take whatever works,
3: yeah. put a Resident Evil label on it. Uh, exactly, okay, yeah. yeah. So uh, I get our next franchise, uh, which again, I've not...
1: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place.
3: I mean, I've never really played much of uh until quite recently. Um, is the Doom franchise? Um, I think we're going to look at Doom Eternal in particular, uh, but mm. I think you guys have got more of a history with, with the franchise. Yeah, Ben, do you want to open up?
0: Uh, yeah, so some of the, like I had these games, maybe one, two, and three, like in a collection that I played on PC and always really enjoyed them. But I've always kind of had a soft spot for this franchise and I uh, quite enjoyed Doom 3 as well when that came out, but obviously I think the whole, the doom was absolutely perfected as, as a first person shooter in 2016 with mm-hmm. that version of doom. Um, because it kind of just went, okay, this is good. We're going to add the most over the top, heavy metal, gory, colorful, ridiculous game we can. And obviously they've carried that on with doom Eternal as well, which I haven't actually played yet, but, I've seen a lot of it, and you finished it, right, Andy?
3: I did. I finished it off this morning. Um, oh, wow. How does it compare to the, the Doom 2016 version? That's the only one um, i It's it's like a classic sequel to it, right? So, I guess a
2: little bit like Resident Evil. Like Doom has been so influential to a lot of things, and it's grown as well. So, Doom was maybe the first first first-person shooter I really remember playing. Um, I know there were again there are others before it but there are some great moments in those ones. Three went into a very more slowly paced, methodical horror type thing. Um, But Doom 2016, when it came out, I remember having quite low expectations of it because it was at the time when no review copies were released, which is usually a bad sign. You know, if no one gets any review copies before anything that's come out, it's like, oh, okay,
3: Mm
2: -hmm. you're trying to make sure that word doesn't get out this good before, you know, hopefully it doesn't get out before anyone's put their money down but um i got it and it was fantastic and then doom eternal is just doom 2016 more so everything is cranked up to to another level everything <coughs> is very extreme there's there's almost an arcadey feel to it that you you know you haven't necessarily got to it's the anti-Resident Evil. In fact, you haven't got to covet your resources and hold on to things because the gameplay mechanic of Doom twenty of, of Doom Eternal more so than sixteen is that you are gonna run out of stuff, you are gonna run dry. Um, you can run into a fight with practically nothing because there are things that you can continue just to do to build up your items again. It's become it's a very very fast twitchy gameplay and there are actions you can take that can remediate any of your statuses that you have so your health is going to run low so you do those glory kills so you do enough damage Mm -hmm. on an enemy they flash you click the little melee and you get an incredibly gory animation of a monster literally being torn apart and that spawns health for you so you're on low health that's how you get your health balanced you have this item called a flame belch which sets things on fire while things are on fire yeah Yeah. you'll you have a little flame in your shoulder that literally belches fire Um, you'd use your flame belch on things and while they're on fire if you damage them they spit out armor so you do that to boost your armor up if you're running low on ammunition for any of your weapons you chainsaw something and chainsaw chainsawing a monster to death will um, have it spew out loads of ammo for your other weapons so every encounter that you get yourself into and it's got lots of verticality and like acrobatic movement around it as well typically in a doom in a doom eternal level there will be some small corridors and in each level there'll be four or five large open areas where you're going to find yourself in a in a firefight and at that point you'll go in and there will be wave upon wave of enemies that come in and what your real gameplay challenge there is that you want to keep moving around the area because if you stand still you will be killed uh, so you have to move around quickly and aggressively and the game becomes an exercise of look for a weak enemy shoot it and then do whatever i want to to it to make sure i get the thing i'm running low on so do i want more armor do i want more health do i want more ammunition which means then you can pick out your big targets in the arena and focus on them to try and get rid of them and they're <clears throat> and they've done a lot of work in its arcadiness to give each of the larger demons that you fight particular weaknesses as well. So, you know, there's big meatball demons, those caca demons that are like the big, yeah. the big floating things. If you fire a grenade at those guys, when they've got their mouth open, they will swallow it and it will blow up inside them and it will weaken them. So you can immediately glory kill them. And then you have the other enemies that will run down and try and melee you that are particularly vulnerable to one weapon or another. So, it's a very like frantic experience like thinking right i've seen that so now i'll switch to this weapon because that's good against this enemy <laughs> enemy so it's a very panicked experience and the visuals are gory and horrific so there's the horror in that sense but there isn't really time to have to be tense uh, because yeah it's just it's just going it's the I heard there's like more of a story
3: through. to doom eternal there's, there's more going oh, on there is one. story-wise. yeah yeah
2: yeah, there is. There's there's more going on and it follows on pretty much directly from the end of Doom twenty sixteen. Again, I think we talked about this before we started recording. We we're directly not going for spoilers on these newer games that are out, but it's Doom. There's not much story to tell. There are there's hell, it's on Earth, everyone is attacking them. There's maybe some other forces that work as well. I think there's more there's more story in Doom if you are really into it. You pick up pages of lore as you go, and you can read those those files at your leisure. But to be honest, the story is delivered fairly minimally as you're going. Yeah. You'll have someone will stop and talk to you and explain what something is, but you don't really have to stop and pay attention to it for the most part. More demons will come,
3: and you'll shoot them. I feel like it'd be cool to do a Warhammer 40k game in this style. Um, you're a Space Marine, yeah. run around chaos. Space Marine lands or something, yeah. I, I really want to play. I played I played 2016, um, and that was a lot of fun. It's um yeah, If
2: if you enjoyed it, you'll you'll like this. It is more of the same. I would say it just takes that extra step to being that little bit more arcadey as well. Yeah. Okay.
0: It seemed like the the role of like the Space Marine in the original Dooms, where he's just he was just a bit of a nails. Hard as Nails Space Marine, whereas with the Doomslayer stuff in 2016 in this one, he's almost like superhuman in a way. And I guess it explains it, how he tends it, to come like that.
2: Yeah, it, it touches on that of the story of this game um, as you go through as to how he has become like this and how he has this sort of like supernatural, I guess, ability to get rid of demons and kill them off and not be killed <laughs> by them. Um, yeah, it's it's not. It's now a little bit deeper than it's just. He's like the hardest man in the world.
3: Um.
0: He <laughs> <laughs> didn't say a word. He didn't say a word, right? He he's still like,
2: doesn't say a word. no, he doesn't say anything. Um, yeah, I, th- think it's cool. some, I think they know. Some... They know
3: exactly what game they're making, and like they're just knocking it out of the park. It. I really want to get it. I really want to play it. I think yeah. there's something I'll, to be I'll said for it. the fact that there is,
2: there is no pistol and no punch in this game like they were in old doom games like the (laughs) first thing the first thing you pick up is your shotgun and the first attachment you get for your shotgun is a grenade launcher (laughs) or you you can choose actually because you've still got a weapon upgrade system um you either choose a grenade launcher or something that makes your shotgun a fully automatic shotgun so this is the level of this is the level of things you get and then by the time you get towards the later stages of the game you have a dirty great like mystical energy sword that can kill anything apart from like bosses in in one hit even like the equivalent of cyber demons you can chop in half with one slice of this sword um it's um there's an incredible it's a real great balance of like you have it you're incredibly powerful character so you know this isn't like a, a vulnerable uh vulnerable survival horror situation but at the same time you are very vulnerable you've got an incredible destructive power behind you but if you stand still for a second you will be killed so it's it's all about like sort of a frantic action but i'd still say it fits into the world of horror just but i could i guess mostly because of the the visual style and what it what it accomplishes
3: yeah
2: what were your thoughts on the doom
3: movie while while we're here do you think it's
2: successfully adapted do you think it's possible to successfully adapt it
3: uh, I haven't seen it in a long time. Um, I kind of want to watch it again. I kind of remember thinking it was all right. It's I on like, Netflix. Like Carl Leib,
0: so. <laughs> it's got like a first-person segment, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It has. It's the best bit of the film. Yeah. So I definitely want to watch it again. I remember enjoying some parts of it. Like the rock is just ridiculous, right? <laughs> He's like you've kind of think he he suits being like Doom Guy more so than Carl Urban. But then as the film progresses. Uh, you realise why he does. not Also but...
3: now, because like the because the rock wasn't. It was always big, but like there was a certain yeah, point yeah. when he became huge in quite like a short period of time. I feel like nowadays he'd make a great Doom guy potentially.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Although he's nice too,
3: too kind. His eyes are too kind.
0: His eyes are too kind. <laughs> too
3: kind <laughs> eyes. Your eyes are just so kind. Okay, yeah, cool. so the last game we are going to be talking about spoilers for this because I we were saying before we start recording, I don't think there's a way to really talk about this game without talking about spoilers because uh, this game doesn't it even has an option where you could turn off the gameplay elements and just enjoy it as an interactive narrative experience. Um, yeah. So the, the the main sort of gameplay is, is the storytelling. Um, we're talking about Soma. We've talked about it before. But we never managed yeah, We've, we've never been able to talk about it with spoilers. So, um, yeah, Soma going in. Yes, Soma. Uh, when did it come out? It's uh 2017. Says so oh no, 2015. Frictional Games. So it's the guys who made Amnesia. Uh, so they made their names uh for themselves doing that, and then they came out with this sort of sci-fi, uh, horror game with a, a similar, um, similar spooky. Uh, atmosphere to it but this one is such a unique game is there any other game quite like soma um, or any other media quite
0: like soma i feel like underwater tried to capture some elements of it but... yeah underwater the abyss but this was obviously the, the fact that it takes place in an underwater like remote research facility isn't even half the story is it no in terms of what's going on here there's so much going on there's like ai there's uh
3: what else is there? <laughs> just... so, it's so, so it starts. It's about a guy who um, you start off in your, your normal apartment, and you're looking around, photographs and all this stuff. And you've got you've got head injury, or you've you've got some sort of head problem. Yeah, you've you've got a, bad you've head. You had a car accident, right? Yeah. So
2: you have had a brain injury from your car accident.
3: Yeah. So you go in for a scan. This new place is going to scan scan your brain, make like a. I don't know if they even say it. it's like a back <clears> of the brain, but the next thing you know. You are still on the chair, but it's like it's you've very like deep underwater and a research base, but it's also feels like it's gone it's been left to rot and and wither and everything sort of uh doesn't doesn't quite work It's sort of destitute
0: and and you can sort of find out fairly soon that it's a number of years into the future as well, isn't it?
3: Yeah. Even
0: yeah. though he went into and had a brain scan in twenty twenty one. Um what year, what year is it we wake up in? It's, uh,
2: it's quite... about three, four hundred years later. It's like a yeah. long time later.
0: Yeah. Uh, and I think you kind of, you, in terms of the protagonist, you really do feel his what the fuck is going on, sort of nature of everything. Like I couldn't find myself sort of adapting to it very long. You're going around doing menial tasks and, you know, putting things, putting various areas, uh, feeding power to them and and sort of finding all these logs of people who've been down there. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? I just literally just sat in sat in a chair like ten minutes yeah. later, ten minutes ago. Sorry.
3: Yeah. So as you as you go through, there's like various underwater labs, and you you sort of um, meet people as you go, and uh, well, you, you you tend to meet like um, robots that seems or like robots or p- bits of machinery that think they're human. Yeah, I think um, that's the first one you meet, right? There's that there's a robot like in
2: it and it looks not human at all, like it's yeah. like a like a loader, like a forklift truck, to, truck with a head. Yeah, and it's trapped under uh It's trapped under like some debris, and it's then I'll go and get like go and get this person for me. I, I'm injured, and it's like, I, you have that conversation with him where you say, "You're not injured. You're a robot," and it's like, "Not a robot, are you idiot! I'm standing yeah. right here." Like, um,
3: it's so it's so surreal. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you, you, I mean, I kind of have an inclination of what could be happening. Yeah. Fairly early on, but there's a bit uh, where the, you are in a room and it suddenly floods, and you're suddenly out in the water, and you realise you can breathe underwater, and then it's like a flashes where you see your hands, they turn from real people hands into mechanical-looking hands.
0: Yeah, metal uh, hands.
3: Yeah. But,
2: uh, All
0: the underwater stuff is really good, like getting from one part of the lab to another part of the lab or another part of the underwater um, facility. All the underwater stuff is really, it feels really realistic in terms of like following the lights and yeah. feeling like a little bit lost. Like, am I going the right way and stuff? Oh, and then obviously you do. Yeah, s-
3: yeah. <laughs> there's
0: loads of that. Yeah. Yeah.
3: But I guess the best, the way it, it best demonstrates that, um, reveals the concept of what you actually are is when you look in the mirror, like a bathroom mirror. I don't think you even have to. It's like an optional bit. Yeah. You don't um, even have to
0: do
3: it. You just look in the mirror and you realize the thing looking back at you isn't human. It's like a weird robot head, um, I can't actually remember what it looks like. It's like a It's, it's, it's like a
2: it's almost... wally it's like a wally head on a diver suit, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. So obviously you've got like hands, you've got like robotic hands and stuff, but you're kind of like it's your consciousness in some sort of robotic exoskeleton thing.
3: Yeah. That's like you it's like it's if there's ever a game that really um e- like executed body horror, I feel like this game really does do it. It's all about like his body isn't what he thinks it is or his consciousness isn't where it should be. or um Yeah, it's, it's a, I mean, where does it yeah. go after that? There's... It's, there's so many
2: interesting things to, to bring up here, and I guess we'll have to do this. We'll have to talk about some of the larger themes when you come to the end, but the next part story-wise is you meet your major companion, right? There's a lady you've been talking to on the radio and you, you reach the part of the base that she is in and she herself is... She's on a computer screen. Although she has a human appearance on a screen, she is a consciousness on a computer and she is she is aware of and comfortable that she is in a machine and you move her to sort of your little PDA device that you have with Uh, you and she becomes start transferring
3: people around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. And there's lots of interesting conversations that happen with that as well, because she can't talk to you when she's in your PDA. She basically, you have a conversation with her and you get an objective. And then when you reach another area or another terminal, you plug her into that and then she can talk to you again. And then you have that conscious discussion with her, even then, like what is her reality when she's unplugged from something? Does she,
3: yeah,
2: where is she when she's not in anything that she can use to perceive the world? Um, yeah. It's very interesting. And you, and I guess this is where you find the mission, right? Where basically. Um, you make car- Simon is his name? Yeah, Simon.
0: Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. So Simon here gets the understanding of what happened. So basically, she gives you the background that the surface of Earth is uninhabitable after a after a comet strike, and what may be the very last people from. There's been no contact with the surface world. So for all intents and purposes, the people in those labs down in the bottom were the last people on earth and the project that this lady that you've met, I'll have to look up her name in a moment, but, um, Catherine, Catherine, what Catherine was working on her project that she was working on, the undersea lab was a, almost a virtual reality, um, where, she felt that humans could live on without bodies anymore. Scans um, of people's brains, which she was taking from the rest of the crew down there, could be uploaded into this virtual mainframe, which will have a virtual world created in it, and they can exist in a,
3: an arc, I guess, sort of a, a, yeah. yeah, in everything an arc thing,
2: which yeah. could be launched into space. But everything went wrong, and things that they're not too clear on have gone wrong in the facility before it could be launched. So the arc is somewhere... And she wants you to recover it and help her launch it into space, and that becomes you kind of quite early on your objective, right? In a weird way. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what you want to do.
3: Yeah.
0: In terms of like the horror elements, though, there are these weird sort of visions slash ghostly apparitions, or or, or I guess it kind of feels like a, a ghost in the machine in some way that kind of stalks you in various areas. Yeah. A uh, weird, um, how would you describe him? Disco ball head that follows oh, yeah, you yeah. in one particular in one particular area, and obviously there's not. When it Once it gets you, you kind of just pass out and then you wake up. But I think you only get like two chances once it gets you. But it, and it's almost like if you look directly at it as well, it's more likely to come for you. Everything glitches as well. It, when, if you look at yeah. it
3: directly, your, your screen starts to glitch. Um, yeah, it's cool. Concept. I mean, yeah. like, like, that element could be turned up. I don't know how that would work. Would they just not be there? Or... No, or I
2: played not? it with it off because I wanted to rush through it as quickly as I could. So I played it with the gameplay elements off. All the monsters are still there but they they don't kill you so i could still play with oh there's a monster i'm going to try and avoid that and it and it gives you all the same advice like oh don't look at it or don't um, make a noise for the different mechanics mm-hmm. but basically there is no fail state so if i'm playing it in that way and i absolutely fuck it, and you know kick a kick a load of tins of <laughs> beans over or something and the monster comes <laughs> all that happens oh is my god it comes up to you and goes oogie boogie and then walks off. <laughs> Uh, okay, yeah, uh, yeah. And then, and then you you've got no
0: weapon everyone. as well you've got no weapon so there's no way for you to defend yourself yeah yeah so it's pretty much just like run and hide uh or wait for the creatures to could uh, just piss off and then you can carry on doing what you're doing and you know it was really it was really quite quite terrifying there's a particular section later on where there's a an enemy looks a bit different looks a bit more uh monstery i guess rather than this weird sort of like glitchy strange it looks a bit silent hill it's Kind of like a bag of skin with legs. Um, and there was a particular yeah. moment in that where I was hidden and I was convinced that I'd got away with it, and then suddenly it just burst into the room and and owned me. So, uh, that was I think that was a genuine scream as well. A genuine scream from me. I think it was more frustration than anything else, but I mean, yeah,
2: bah! you have to go all the way back to that checkpoint.
0: Yeah, yeah. apparently, and I, I, do...
2: I
3: didn't really play with this. Uh, element. apparently, you can throw stuff, uh, into distract, yeah. distract the monsters, I, I just ran around. <laughs> I was trying to do yeah. that
2: because, you know, I was, I was trying to, like, get the experience of the game while trying to get through quickly. So, you know the bit where you put the power breakers on? You've got to go and put yeah. some power on, and then you're in that room. You have to wait for it to warm up and then press the button, so you got to stay there for a little while. Um, I was throwing, like, detritus across the room to try and get his attention and then creeping on back
3: to yeah. that like, press yeah. the switch. So, I mean, there's, that, there's that, that horror element, but, I mean... I think the reason this game is probably going to stay with me for a long time is 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 the other horror element, which is all the, the suggested horror. Like there's a yeah. bit uh, where a part of the puzzle is you have to use a virtual terminal to create uh, an instance of a virtual reality where there's two people or one person you're trying to get information from. His brain's been scanned at some point in the past. You've loaded him up. He thinks he's real. He thinks he's in a real world in a room. But as soon as something looks wrong to him, he starts to freak out and it crashes the system. So you have to keep loading him up, over and over again, kind <laughs> of like in a perpetual torture, until you manage to work out the the puzzle and get him to give you the uh, the information that you need. How you can do to keep him calm long enough to get the information out
2: of him. It
0: was a bit like that episode of Black Mirror, the Christmas episode, where there's like that tiny little tiny little. Um, do you remember where John Hamm is questioning or trying to break? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the little egg thing, the little yeah. consciousness in the egg. It reminded me of that, where I felt like I've got too much power here. Yeah, I feel yeah. like I'm really like affecting somebody. Um, yeah, that was pretty. That was pretty intense. And then so, go on, sorry, Andy. I was going to say,
2: did you? I, I think I asked you, Luke. Did you pause for any of the like extra reading? Did you do that? Did you find that quiz at the end? Did it ask you the same number of questions over and over again? And did you change your answers at all?
3: Oh, I, I vaguely remember that it says. As part when do you first answer that a lot of questions are like could you hurt someone or
2: oh no the the question there was the questions i had was because it's all about this consciousness thing and i guess we'll put this part of the story in now so you simon are there now because as part of their experiments you were one of the first brain scans that was ever taken um when they were first testing the technology so your scan has been kept all of this time as like a, almost like you know like Alex Kidd on the Master System, right? This is the first, this is like the the built-in version that they all had. Yeah. Sorry guys, Sorry. The, the hellhounds are breaking loose down there. It would appear. Without me tell them to stop, they're going to carry on for a minute or two. But yeah, so you were one of the templates that was first um, uploaded into the system. So this is how you somehow, by some happenstance, have ended up there four hundred years in the future um but then hang on a second let me go and deal with this okay
0: <laughs> so aggressive
3: yeah
2: let me go and deal with these
0: little dogs what What point is this
3: okay well um one minute one hour yeah one hour 24 minutes i've got yeah <laughs> back about. in action okay yeah yes yeah, so where were you <laughs> uh you were saying so your oh, yes. your mind was the first backed up and you've been so you were you were the first you were the first back and you were you've been in there this whole time so
2: this is now where you are this is how you've ended up 400 years in the in in the future and i guess as a result there are lots of questions you are asked because as Simon that had his brain scanned he would have stood up back in 2000 whatever and he would yeah. have carried on for the rest of his life but you the Simon that has woken up in the future don't perceive anything that was past that so you experience things and you are alive but you are not the real Simon anymore and that's what questions come up in the quiz so the questions that it comes up for you are like do you still feel like you're a real person? Do you feel that your life has more or less value uh, yeah, than it did yeah. beforehand? How does it feel to be in this type of body? Do you do you mourn for the life you had and the body you had? Or do you feel that you're a separate entity? And then it says, I think the last question is, do you wish to continue? And you could say, no, I would prefer to be dead. Yes, I'd prefer to be, um, I want to continue to be alive. And no, I think my life has
3: more meaning now. Okay. Did you encounter yeah. any of those things? I, re- yeah. I remember, but yeah. I, I don't I remember I what I put. Yeah,
0: yeah, I think I did that twice. I think there was one at the end, post credits, um, and there was one a little bit earlier in that. And I think I changed. I think I changed my answers. I think in the post credit scene, I kind of tried to make my answers a little bit more like it was a happy ending.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, the, so the the bit that really hammers home this idea of um, instances of consciousness uh, is when you. You need to you need to go to the, the bottom of the uh Mariana trench, is that the right word? Um yeah, Marine yeah. Trench. Um but your flimsy robot body isn't gonna be able to sustain it. So you have to you build a body out of uh bits of suits and bits of robots or something. Um and then you then your your colleague Catherine says, Right, we're gonna have to transfer your consciousness into the new body. So you do that. And it's a whole little furore, Like uh, you're zapped into this other body, and you're suddenly in this other room where that body was. And you think, okay, it worked. But then you hear the you in the other room say, "Oh, nothing happened. I'm, st- I'm still in this body." Then then you it really having the point that, oh shit, it's not transferring any consciousness. There's no, there's no consciousness. They're just instances of minds that have been. So uh, you're, you've you've copied and pasted, not
2: cut and pasted.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So then, so you... but then the old version of you needs to be basically. You get a choice whether you can switch him off.
2: Yeah, that's what like... I did. I pulled his plug and because he was Let's unconscious, see. and I let him go. And there, he have a couple of those choices as well, right? There's another bit where there is someone on life support, um, but you need the power yep. to get through to the next oh, one. Oh so yeah, I,
3: yeah. I yanked
2: her out the wall. Um, yeah, and then
0: <laughs> <laughs> get out! I need this. I think My I sat she, there with her. She was like, 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 like "Can you just with, with me now? while I die? Oh, oh that—that's yes, yes. another
2: one. I sat with her, but the—the the one that I yanked out the wall was early in the game. But the other one that you mentioned, oh, okay. Ben, I did sit with her. She's the last, the, the last true yeah. human, right? Yeah, yeah,
3: that's yeah. right.
2: I wow. sat with her. Yeah. I was nice to her, and she asked me to do that. I wouldn't if she'd have said, "Ah, oh, don't, don't turn us off, mate." I wouldn't. Yeah. But she, but she did <laughs> ask. She did to ask, she did ask me. That. To do that. Yeah, yeah. So I sat and I sat with her.
3: Yeah. So I mean that that like I think is like a perfect. In uh, involving uh, interactive story moment, like it's so good. Um, but Simon, for some reason, the main character is a bit of an idiot. He doesn't seem to realise because he said the same thing comes at the end. He thinks that at the end of the game, when you launch this thing into space, this perfect utopia, that he's going to be on there. Like throughout the entire game, you're that's what you are aiming to do, really, is to get on, get yourself on there, uh, a golden ticket. Uh, there's some great bits when you're on the when you're on the bottom of the ocean floor, where it's pitch black and you see like some giant whale beastie, beastie something just sort yeah. of swimming past you it's amazing um and then you get towards the end um is there any other moments like i guess there's yeah, lots of scary you, you bits
2: you by and large save the day right because part of the reason there are weird monsters is because of the ai that has the ability with this like nanogel that it can basically construct things in, and yeah. it's this it's this stuff that is it's almost like biomechanical gunge and like almost yeah. like a parasite or a cancer that's growing out of control around the facility which is why it's so weird and broken that's why there are monsters and you also get the you... opportunity to bring
3: that rat back to life did you do that i missed yeah. that bit yeah it's, yeah, amazing. Yeah, it's like a dead rat and then you can pull this leaving it sh- it squirts some of the gel on it and it comes it comes yeah. to life starts like moving around
2: yeah, was oh, I cool. missed that bit. Yeah. But I think you get the opportunity to get rid of this thing, and you you do, and you you basically stop the the further spread, and you poison it. Um, so you've saved that thing. But then you're right, Luke. It all builds up to that end <coughs> where you say you've technically saved this lab from just completely collapsing. It's, and all, you... it's
3: directed really well. That final moment where like the ships. It needs to get so much battery power or something for it to shoot off.
2: It's trying to transfer you, isn't it? So you're ah, and it's like stalling, a, yeah, yeah. And it's like,
3: oh, stalling,
2: stalling, and you get you get Catherine up up installed, and then it just it it's like on about seventy percent, and it like just just finishes off.
3: When it was doing that, I turned to Cat, my own Catherine, who and I said, "It's going to end me stuck here on my own, isn't it? This is this is going to be like a little like bleak ending to it, but it it works." It, you. The transfer completes. The ship goes into space, and then again, Simon's like, "I'm still here. It didn't work." And Catherine has to say, "You don't get it. Like that, there is a version of you up there, but you can't not move. You. you, yeah, you can't move your consciousness."
2: There's a conversation about it being like a fifty-fifty coin flip. I think whether I think they say like. There's basically a cost oh, of the toss gosh. of the coin, and yeah, yeah, your either yeah. your your perception will be either the one that transfers, or it will be yeah. there are there are going to be two of you unavoidably, but whether you're the one that perceives that you've woken
3: up in this new place, or you're the one that's still there, is yeah. It's just this game on is, day. is great because it has because you're in pitch darkness, you're essentially like in an immortal body, um, or you're not going to die for a long, long time. Uh, you're kind of just stuck there. It has that bleak ending, which I, I'm a sucker for a good bleak ending. But it also has the nice ending as well. Like it does both, because you does have it... a nice little moment at the end. Where I was going
2: to say that the that it gets even bleaker with your already bleak ending. The fact is that basically his celebrations turn from like the ultimate happiness into the realization that he is the copy that has been left there when they've been yeah. launched into space, and then he is so angry with with catherine and he's shouting and then she breaks like because ah, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah the thing that she's attached to breaks so she's unable to speak to him anymore so then he is yes. entirely on his own and you've already encountered other robots that have been down there on their own and they're basically all gone mad yeah. so that's basically his fate right that he's down there at the very bottom of the sea at this point where the only thing is that big horrible monster
3: it's just been like buried yeah it's uh it's a, <clears throat> a it gets you it really does get you but we do get like a breath of fresh air at the end nice we we see the the arc is now in space over to earth um and then you have a nice little scene where you you wake up and you go outside and it's all fresh air and it looks beautiful it's like a nice sunny day sort of, um idyllic and you know it's paradise. Um, I think Catherine. You see Catherine up ahead, maybe or something. Yeah, I'm not too sure. She gives you a little wave. Yeah, you do. Yeah. You run over and say hello to her. Well, Yeah. Amazing. Amazing ending.
2: Yeah. So well. So well written. And there's so much. What is a a short like a short experience? Say that the mechanics are so simple that you can turn them on or off, basically. But there is so much rich content in there, and I think for the budget comparatively they must have had for this. There is so much that's gone into the, the writing and the creation of this entire world. So, you know, this, you know, the fictional technologies behind it, the mm-hmm. setting, it all just falls into place so neatly. Um,
3: yeah. 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 It's I'm great. I, I, was it. ca- I remember uh, great. starting to play it and it being a bit like, I can't, I mean, no one really talks about it. No one really brings it up as uh, one of the big hitters. Um, but yeah, it's, fantastic really great um is there anything else we want to talk about before we wrap up uh
0: i don't think so i guess if anyone's listening to this and they want us to review um a particular horror game or a particular horror franchise for a future episode then just let us know
2: did anyone have any questions we need to go through i know we answered dan's about resident evil is there anything else we need to cover
0: and if there are any other questions a lot of people in the group kind of just mentioned um horror franchises that they enjoyed and the horror franchises they've they've played so stuff like Silent Hill, um, was yeah, mentioned.
3: Silent
0: Hill was the big one. Uh, the PT the PT demo, um, obviously Alien Isolation, which we've discussed. Outlast, we've discussed. Uh, Edward Harvey mentioned mentioned Fatal Frame, which I played a little bit of. And Dan Taylor mentioned the Fear series as well, which I think I've played one of maybe a PS3 one. But yeah, all stuff that we could possibly touch on in the, in for future episodes. Maybe we should do something. I won't mind doing something with Dead Space potentially. I'd like to. Yeah, I'd like I to could do, play
3: that. I could
2: go and finish Dead Space Three. Um, I didn't yeah. get through that one, but uh, one and two are great. Can
3: you play? Can yeah. You run the PlayStation Four. Um, Dead Space One.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know. I actually, think, I think I've got, I've got on PS Three.
3: They're backwards compatible on Xbox,
2: so I guess they'd work on one and then the other.
3: Cool. Okay. Uh... I'm gonna have a look. I want to, yeah, I want to play that. Cool. Um, yeah, this has been fun. We should do more. We always talk about games anyway. It's nice to have a bit of a chance to.
0: Yeah, nice to mix it up. Uh, so, for next week, we we were going to discuss Final Destination, which recently turned oh, yeah, twenty. Yeah. So, yeah. Andy, you can join us for that if you fancy it. Come in. Oh yes, wonderful. Yeah. So that was actually pretty cool. Cool. Uh, we've not done any early two thousands horror for a for a while, have we? No, no. Think so.
3: Come on. All right. Um thanks for listening. Um if you enjoyed the show, you can become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. Thanks to Kovac Cameron for a few music. Thanks to ACast for hosting the show. Thanks to the listeners. If you enjoyed the show, please consider rating and reviewing on iTunes. And remember to hit subscribe. Um join the Facebook group, horror hangout board of advisors. Um, and yeah, thanks to my co-hosts Ben and Andy. Nice awesome.
0: one. Thank you very thanks, much, guys. Luke. Thank you very much, Andy. Thanks, nice guys. one. Yeah, well, you guys. Bye, Until next know. time.
3: Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.